Welcome back to Soldier Dog, Chapter 7. Early afternoon, the same day. Liverpool. The bus pulled up in Queen Square. This was the last stop. Stanley was 40 miles from home, 40 miles from Da. Full of purpose, he stepped down. He'd enlist. There was no soldier. There was nothing to hold him back. He'd join the army, and he'd do it today. Streetcars and taxi cabs trundled past. A huge poster, at least seven yards long, covered the side of a passing streetcar, presenting the silhouette of a muscular arm and a clenched fist. Under it, the words, Lend your strong right arm to your country. Enlist now. Kitchener, the Secretary of State of War, had asked for men, and still more men, until the enemy is crushed. The army was desperately short, and if it could take half the old folk in Longridge, it could take him. The crowd grew tighter, more concentrated. People were standing about, just waiting. Stanley stopped, glimpsing a vivid image over the heads of the cloud. An artillery team dashing into action under heavy fire. Other posters were plastered to the windows of the imposing building. In one, above the words, enlist today, a soldier wore the laurel wreath and sphinx and red rose of the East Lancashires. Tom's regiment. A line had formed in front of the building, a motley bunch, all shapes, sizes, heights, ages, and all at odds with the tall, fit figures in the posters. It was getting late, but if the line kept moving, Stanley would be seen today. A corpulent officer dressed in khaki sat at a desk in a high-ceilinged, oak-paneled room, sifting papers with one hand, nursing his belly with the other. He was getting more than rations, Stanley thought. More than the four ounces of butter a week he and Dak got. The officer kept his eyes on the papers as Stanley approached. Stanley's hands were sticky, his mouth dry. And what can I do for you? The officer's tone was derisive. I've k k Stanley fought for air. The officer's pen tap tap tapped the desk. Stanley took a deep breath. I've c come to j join up, sir. Name, trade, the voice was weary. S Stanley Ryder, sir. Undergardener, sir. And I help with the h horses. Stanley looked at the floor. What was he thinking coming here? The officer raised a pair of red-veined eyes. Age? Stanley hesitated, floored by a sudden thought. Was it a criminal offense to lie to the army about your age? He bit his lip. You had to be 17. Why hadn't he said 17? 17 was no more of a lie than 16. The officer heaved an exasperated, overloud sigh and scratched his forehead. Stanley's age seemed to have brought on a sudden headache. Stanley didn't move. Seventeen, sir, seventeen, he wanted to say. The officer closed his eyes and rolled his aching head from side to side. Will you go outside, turn around three times, and come back at five when you'll be seventeen? The officer's belly rose and fell like a tug in a swell as he enjoyed his own joke. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Qu quick stick, sir. Right away, sir. Stanley hurried out. He looked up and down the street for a clock. 
if the officer wanted him to return at five, he'd do exactly that. Half past four, only half an hour till he was the right age. At five, the officer raised his eyes and appraised Stanley as though inspecting a horse. Age? Seventeen, sir. Hmm. Does your mother know you're seventeen? He asked, mocking. She's dead, sir. I'm sorry. Well, undergardener, you said, and, uh, horses? There's no call for chrysanthemums in Flanders, but the engineers are short of men that know about animals. Now... Could you do us both a favor by saying you know about horses? Oh, y yes, sir. I do know about horses, sir. Good. Well done. Now, join the Royal Engineers. Stanley was waved aside to an adjoining room and a medical officer. Two men, both white as quartz, stood waiting in their drawers. Stanley stripped and waited, too. A doctor entered the room, holding a tape measure in his hand, assessed them all with a despairing glance, and headed for Stanley. He looped the tape around Stanley's chest and brought his head close. The measure didn't seem to show the number he was looking for. He made a careful loop and clamped the loop between his thumb and index finger. This time, the tape came to the right number, and he noted the result with an exhausted exhalation. Stanley was motioned on to the scales. The doctor's head almost touched the dial as Stanley again fell short of army requirements. Another exhausted sigh. The doctor reached for a large blue dictionary and passed it to Stanley, then bent to read the result. Perfect. The combined weight of Stanley and the dictionary were recorded. Stanley's height was measured. The short-sighted eyes blinked in exaggerated surprise as Stanley appeared to have exceeded the minimum height regulation. A1, the doctor muttered with a sardonic laugh and moved on to the next man. In a daze, Stanley joined the blur of men around the desk, raised his hand, and swore his oath to king and country. He was a member of his majesty's army and had a number. He was 17, had a railway warrant, and would be paid on Fridays. By six o'clock the next morning, Stanley was 200 miles from Da. He was on parade, and his training had begun. <laughs>